Chicago Bears fans, I know you guys are as fired as I am, and the entire Windy City Gridiron team is about the Bears opening preseason. It's going to happen in less than a week. So let's jump right into the show and get talking about the Chicago Bears. This is T-Formation Conversation. I'm your host, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr., and our show is part of the Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel that you can literally find everywhere you get your podcasts. So make sure you subscribe to not only get my show, but also Robert Schmitz's Bear With Me and Jeff Burkus and EJ Snyder's Bears Over Beers. So preseason actually kicked off last night with the Hall of Fame game, but the Bears will get started on Thursday, August 8th when they host the Carolina Panthers. But keep in mind, uh, we're probably not going to see the starters for much time. If any, head coach Matt Nagy took a smart, uh, calculated, and cautious approach last year, and he'll likely do the same thing in 2019. Also, keep in mind the Bears went 12-4 and a year ago after not playing the starters much, and even though the team went 2-3 and in the preseason, you know, we're still talking about practice. And speaking of practice, I have live right now on the Skype line. He is live from Bourbon A. He's actually driving home from camp. One of our guys, he took in a, a beautiful day at Olivet Nazarene University. It's WCG's very own Jacob Infante. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Lester. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. You know, did you have a, 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 a real good time of practice today? A real fun day? Yeah, it was a solid day to be out there. You know, weather was nice. whole bunch of Bears fans there. It was a great time. Yeah, I think that's the thing about going to camp is – Unless you go there, you really don't know what it's like. I know you hear a lot of uh, some, some of the more jaded, you know, people that have been down there a long time say it's kind of boring. But you know, I go every year, and and it, it's just fun. It's a lot of good, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, Bears fans are there, the Bears doing their thing. It's it's a good experience. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a you know a fun atmosphere to be down there and just take a look at you know some of the guys, especially after going so long without having seen anything resembling football. So this was. You know, it's always fun to go down there for like a day or two or a couple every single year and, you know, just go down there, watch some Bears football and be with some Bears fans. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is it's football. I mean, who doesn't like football? It's it's what we all are, are, are right about. We all love it. It's uh, it's it's, it's the best uh, best game on the planet. Absolutely. All right. So so we got to get right to it. The thing on everyone's mind, of course, is quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. Um, so give me your thoughts on his performance today. You know, I've been talking with a couple other guys who have been down at camp, you know, different days or been there more days than I have. And from my understanding is this was one of his worst days. And I personally don't think he was very impressive. Now, I know that, you know, some people are going to put that off as a red flag. I mean, it's not the end of the world if he isn't, you know, playing lights out every single game. But I did wish that I could see a little bit more consistency out of him because he did have a couple good throws uh there was one uh back corner fade to Allen robinson that i really liked but overall his accuracy and ball placement just wasn't there today i mean he was making a lot of the right decisions he was throwing to the open man and you know especially on rpos he was making a lot of good calls there but his general ball placement was very shaky he had uh uh a lot of deep balls that went awry, uh, short and medium. There's still a couple uh, poor throws. He was he was a bit more consistent there, but the deep ball is where I was concerned. He uh, overthrew Javon Wims on the exact same route that Allen Robinson ran that I mentioned, and there's one go route to Marvin Hall along the sideline that he severely underthrew. Yeah, Hall had to turn around and try and make a play on the ball, and even then, he was too far gone to try and make an attempt to catch the ball. 
Uh, yeah, I think the deep ball, that's what I've been hearing a lot of. The deep ball is a bit of a struggle for Trubisky today. Overall, it, it could have been worse. I think there were some, certainly some flashes, but I don't think today was his best day. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what the, the, the thought has been from everyone that's down at camp is, is the deep ball is a little shaky. Um, that, that should be, uh, obviously a little bit of concerning, but, you know, short to intermediate stuff was, uh, was, was decent today. Yeah. And that's what I think overall is more important because that's like a foundation of the West Coast offense is having that reliable short to medium passing game to eventually maybe set up deep pass. And the deep pass is an important part of the offense, but his being fair, pretty reliable on short passes. I think is more important than the deep ball, but still, I agree. It's it's some point of concern, but I wouldn't necessarily call it the end of the world. Yeah, you know, I was actually online and I found an interesting stat from uh, the Brick Wall Blitzes, Johnny Kinsley. Um, I know he's on Twitter. There's a lot of good uh, Twitter threads on there, X's and O stuff. Uh, he also writes for the Titans uh, SB Nation site, Music City Miracles, and, and Johnny actually tracks all deep ball passes uh, for the entire season. And uh, while he had Trubisky actually ranked 21st uh, last season on his deep ball stuff, uh, did you realize that he had him as the fifth most accurate passer on deep passes? Uh, when under pressure at uh, over 50%, he was 52.6%. You know, that's, yeah, that's, you know, it's, that kind of fits the narrative uh, that we've been seeing here is, is that when Trubisky is just out there slinging it and, and not thinking, he's a better quarterback. And I think this year we'll kind of see him, you know, eventually settle into a groove. Um, the, his knowledge of the offense is better, and I think we'll see a, a better quarterback, you know, when he's not having to, to mentally process everything when now he just knows what he's doing. Do you kind of share that thought? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think Trubisky is at his best when he's not thinking. And from from one point of view, it doesn't sound like that's a good thing, but trust me, it is. Yeah. If, when you're not literally overanalyzing every single motion you're doing, it's a lot more natural. And like you said, I do think that he is a very good quarterback under pressure. Like when the pocket's collapsing, he's very good at scrambling outside of the pocket and throwing on the run. Uh, and that's something we got to see a little bit at camp today. Uh, that's part of why he didn't do so well in seven-on-sevens was because the coverage was good and he held on the ball for a long time. And I do think that he could have gotten the ball out quicker and he could have possibly identified a check down option quicker. But at the same time, if that's in a game, he's going to go outside of the pocket and extend the play. He's not going to sit in the pocket for like four or five seconds and wait for the guy to get open. Yeah. You know, so I do. I think that he's got a bit of a backyard style of play to him. Uh, and I do think that for him to take that next step, he has to be a little bit. He has to be better when he isn't under duress or anything like that. But I do agree that he's... Ultimately, he's proven to be better uh, in a collapsing pocket or under pressure. Yeah, offensive coordinator Mark Halford uh, today after practice did mention that a lot of the stuff they're doing is, is yeah, he may be forced in some of the stuff, but it's practice. You know, he, he wants them to get go through these reps and go through this stuff, you know, against the Bears' defense on the practice field. So that way, when they get into their game situation, you know, he's seen it, he understands, he knows what he can and can't do. So it's kind of the same same process the Bears went through a year ago. And 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 one last thing about Trubisky's practices before we get on, I think we're overanalyzing it uh, generally as fans with with uh, uh, Twitter and and so much stuff out there. And you know we're so we just we just want to get 
all the information possible. Uh, so any Bears related nugget we can find, we're on it. Um, you know, but I've actually been following along with some other NFL camp stuff. And and did you realize other starting quarterbacks throw camp interceptions too? You know, it, it happens. You know, and these quarterbacks, you know, they're not facing the best defense in the NFL. You know, they're not facing Mac Smith. You know, the, the the great secondary, the bunch of all pros. So. I think we'll be fine if if we're still having these these inaccuracies, you know, around midseason from Trubisky. Then I'll be concerned. Right now, I think it's something we all just got to chill out about. And I agree with you with that. And I think that part of the reason that some fans are so worried about it is because they really want to see that narrative with the national media proven wrong. There's the big narrative that Trubisky's inconsistent, he's inaccurate, or that he just flat out sucks which I don't believe to be true. I believe he is he's an average quarterback, in my opinion. Uh, there are flashes of, you know, above average to close to top tier play, and there are some plays where he looks like a bottom 10, maybe even bottom 5 quarterback. But I think a lot of the fans want to see Trubisky prove the haters wrong. Yeah. So that's why when they see, uh, like, bad reports of interceptions or poorly, you know, placed throws and stuff like that, they start to panic a little bit. They're thinking, oh, crap, maybe, you know, maybe they are right. Maybe Trubisky isn't the quarterback we think he is. And I, I say to that, just be patient for now. Like like you said, this is training camp. This is just practice. If this exact same thing is happening, say, in, like, October, then sure, you know, you have all the right to be worried about that. But right now, I don't think it's a huge issue. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, right now, what we've seen, Trubisky, he's not bad, um, but he's not necessarily in that upper echelon of quarterbacks. He's uh, he's an average quarterback right now with, with tendencies to be good. I mean, he made the Pro Bowl. I think he was a second alternate. Uh, so yeah. he has some skills. I think the, the fact that he can run the ball really helps him. Um, he gets a different added dimension to, the, to what the defense has to prepare for. Um, but, again, I'm not concerned. I think he has the upside there. I think he has the work ethic. And uh, I, I talk about it all the time. I've written about it plenty of times this offseason. I think he'll get there. He may never get to the point where he's an elite quarterback. But, but you know, come on. There's only a couple of those guys playing at any given time in the NFL. Uh, if he can become uh, more consistent, if he can become a, a quarterback that can win you games here and there, I think that's all you want out of your quarterback. Yeah, and I agree. And I don't necessarily think Trubisky is going to end up being an elite quarterback. But I think that all he has to be is like just above that. Yeah. I think he has to be an above-average quarterback if the Bears want to make it to the Super Bowl. Just because of how much talent is around him, uh, they can compensate for him not necessarily being elite. It's not the end of the world if you don't have an elite quarterback. I mean, it helps, definitely. But I think the Bears have enough talent as it is where they just need Trubisky to be above average. And yeah. that's, that's what they're striving for. Obviously, anything more than that is great. But I think above average is the realistic ceiling that we can get out of Trubisky. I agree. So so let's stick with the offense. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Adam Shaheen and the tight end group. Uh, you know, Adam Shaheen has now practiced two days in a row, uh, although yesterday he had a short day, only I think 15, 20 minutes out there with the team. Um, but, but how does Shaheen look today? Uh, I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of how Shaheen played. Uh, admittedly, I didn't get to see a ton of him, but when I did see him in like seven on sevens and running routes, he still looked clunky. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, you know, he's dealing with the injury, so that might be part of it. But at the same time, you know, I didn't notice any improvements from what I've seen from him the past two years. Uh, he he looked just 
average. He looked like just another guy out there. That's not what you want out of a former second-round pick. I do think that if not for the draft status that he had a few years ago, he would have been on the roster bubble. But I also I think that the Bears feel that there's some upside still to tap into with him, and there's still some hope with, Sh- with Shaheen. I don't necessarily share it. I think at this point he is what he is, but I don't know. I don't think he had a necessarily great day-to-day. He wasn't god-awful, but he was just very mad. That's what I have to say about it. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It's pretty much described his whole career up to this point. You know, I thought last year when he did play, you know, his, his blocking improved uh, from, from his, his first year. He was much better uh, this last season. But he just got to stay on the field, and he's just not doing it. So, 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 staying with tight ends, you know, Trey Burton had a veteran day off today. Uh, but any any other tight ends look good to you today? Bradley Sowell, and then I think there's four undrafted free agents on the squad. Any of those guys stand out today? Yeah, uh, I didn't get to see Sowell doing a lot of receiving drills. Uh, they didn't really have him doing too much in the way of receiving. But just from an eye test standpoint, he looks lean. You know, a lot of people have been saying that in camp, but Sowell looks like he's cut a lot of weight. He's listed at like 310, 315, but he definitely looks, you know, skinnier than that, which is great. He looks to be in shape. He looks the part of an NFL tight end and then some. Uh, But I I honestly don't know really how he did as far as route running goes. I've seen clips online over the past couple of days and he's looked decent he's looked like someone who you know isn't just starting to play tight end for the first time a couple months ago but I do think that there's probably going to be a little bit of a learning curve I think they'll use him mostly as a blocking tight end obviously but I don't know from an eye test standpoint he looked good uh I saw a couple of flashes from a bunch of guys uh Ian Bunting I believe made a couple of good plays he's like six seven roughly 250. There's one play in particular. They uh, swung it out to him on the right side of the field, and he broke a couple tackles and just went to the end zone. And I thought that that was encouraging. Uh, Dax Raymond, the guy I'm really high on, made leaping catch in the end zone. Uh, Trubisky, I think it was Trubisky or Daniel. One of them was on the run, and they placed it really well. And I, I like that out of Raymond. Um I believe it's Ellis Richardson. Yeah. That, that's the guy I've been hearing about, but I didn't necessarily see a ton with him. Uh, so I think that both Dax Raymond and Ian Bunting had solid outings today. How about uh, uh, Ben Broniker? Anything for him today? Yeah, Broniker did solid. Uh, like you mentioned, Burton had the day off, and Shaheen also ran with the uh, backups a little bit to try and you know catch him up to speed. So Broniker got a lot of first-team reps. And he looked solid. I mean, he didn't look like anything special, but he did at least hold his own with the starters, yeah. which I think is encouraging. I can expect him to play a decent enough role in the offense, depending on how Shaheen does coming out of the gate. But I do think that there is a role in the offense for Ben Broniker. Yeah, I like Broniker coming out of Harvard. Um, obviously, his tape at Harvard was ridiculous because you know he was one of the better players in, in Ivy League. But you know his his combine numbers were ridiculous. I mean, he had uh, you know just a great athlete, and we haven't seen that translate much uh, in the NFL level. But but maybe now he's been in the league a few years. Maybe now he's got his feet under him, and uh, maybe we'll have a, a good year out of Ben Broniker. Yeah, and I like that out to see that sort of upside out of him. Uh, 
He's definitely athletic, like you mentioned. I think he's versatile, too. Yeah. I think he can back up Trey Burton as the U tight end, or he can back up Adam Shaheen as the Y tight end. He, his skill set allows him to be placed in a lot of different ways, and I think that that's going to be valuable for the Bears' offense. All right, so I saw some of your tweets raving about rookie running back David Montgomery. Uh, what did he do today that got you excited? It was my first time uh, since the combine, at least, to actually see him live. The first time in general, just seeing him going up against defenses. And I, in, in that moment, I understood like why I fell in love with him as a draft prospect because he just runs with such determination and toughness. And he's got a really low center of gravity, so he makes sharp cuts. He's able to like run through and run over defenders. There was one run that I tweeted about. Uh, he trucked one of the uh, backup defenders and evaded a couple other guys and was able to push a pile of defenders. It's like a good couple of yards to pick up a first down in scrimmage. And, you know, the crowd was going crazy for that. And another thing I really liked out of Montgomery was his uh, ability as a pass catcher. He was, like, very fluid when he was running routes. He was able to uh, make catches in stride. Very natural receiver. Yeah. And I think that that's going to win him a lot of reps early on in the season, but especially later in the year when I think he can take over that full-time starting running back position. You know, they talk a little bit after practice. I think it was uh, Halfords again talking about Montgomery and his development. And, you know, he they, they said that he admittedly has to work on his uh, receiving skills a little bit because that's just something he didn't do a lot in college. Um, but but you hit the nail on the head. You know, he's a natural hands catcher, and that's the key thing. When I was at camp, I saw uh, the other rookie, uh, uh, Kareth White, you know, he, he didn't drop one pass thrown to him, but he just looks really uh, uncomfortable catching the ball. Uh, with Montgomery, when I saw him catching, it's just like you said, you know, he, he looks it in, he, he catches with his hands, then he tucks it, and that's what you want to see out of your out of your tailbacks, especially in this offense, and I think that's going to open up a lot of things uh, for what the Bears want to do. Oh, exactly, and when you have, like, a hands-catching uh, running back like that, you open up opportunities for yards after catch, yet you don't have to worry about having that, you know, the running back hesitate or anything before he makes a decision. Montgomery can just very well grab it, tuck it, run and he's natural at doing that and I think that's going to help out the offense like you said you mentioned another thing about Montgomery I want to touch on real quick is his low center of gravity and the way he runs with power and I don't think a lot of Bears fans realize that David Montgomery I think is only listed I think four or five pounds lighter than Jordan Howard but with Montgomery, he's a little shorter, so he's a little stockier built. And yeah. I don't, I don't think we're going to have a problem with 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 a, a guy on this roster uh, picking up the, the the tough yards because that's going to be David Montgomery. Absolutely, and like what you mentioned about his size, he personally has a very good frame that I look for in a running back, like a bit of a shorter, shorter, stockier guy who can absorb those hits. That's personally my favorite type of frame that I'm looking for when I out running backs uh and he's he is a powerful runner uh i feel like he's you know got the lower body strength to keep on pushing you know recover when he gets hit and he also has decent you know upper body strength he can deliver a stiff arm and just burst through defenders and i think that that's going to help him out a lot uh a similar in terms of just overall strength i do think he's similar to jordan howard in that way but like you mentioned Yes, the lower center of gravity, and he's also so. I really like his skill set. Is that he offers a little bit of everything? He's not just you know a traditional old school power back. You just shove him up the middle and 
have him pick up three, four yards. He is a well-rounded running back who can do a little bit of everything, and that, that's going to make him a really good fit in the Bears' offense. Yeah, we got a little bad connection there for a little bit of that, but I, I think we got the gist of what you're saying about him. You're, you're excited for what he's got going on here, and uh, you know he can do it all for this Bears' offense. Absolutely, yeah. All right. So if you had to pick a a, a camp MVP for Friday here uh, on offense, you know who would it be? On offense, hmm. I would have to say Montgomery. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about how you know Allen Robinson's been an MVP for a lot of guys. He's been you know standing out in camp. He was good to me today. He wasn't amazing. He didn't necessarily make any huge plays except for the you know the catch I was talking about earlier in the show. But he was good. I think Montgomery was the one guy who stood out to me as truly great. Uh, Cohen looked good in uh, positional drills, and there were a handful of receivers. I think Anthony Miller had an up-and-down day, but he made some uh, encouraging flashes. Taylor Gabriel also had a good day. But I think Montgomery was the one who truly wowed me. Nice. And then let's go to defense. Same question. Who is your camp MVP on the defense today? On defense, I admittedly wouldn't know as much about because I saw more offense than defense. But in, I, I don't know if I'd give, give it to Khalil Mack, but because that kind of feels like cheating. Yeah. But every time he was out on the field, he made a play. He made it, you know, a lot of good jumps on the ball. He fired off with fantastic acceleration off the snap. He showed up, you know, that strength, leverage, ability, bending, explosion. He was just a terror. And he didn't do a lot today, but when he was on the field, he was causing havoc basically every snap he had. So, so you say you didn't watch the defense too closely. You're mostly focusing on the offense. But, but did you notice anything uh, schematically different from uh, from Chuck Pagano's defense compared to what we saw the last uh, couple years from Vic Fangio? Uh, it did seem a little bit more aggressive. Jeez. You're right uh, there. You good? Yeah, no, right, just that, was, sure. that, was, that wasn't me. Don't okay, worry. Just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I, d- I did see a bit more aggression. And another guy I want to get back to real quick is uh, Joel Iabunawe. Okay. He was another guy who in- intrigued me. I got to see some uh, some blitzing drills and some coverage drills. You know, the linebackers going one-on-one with running backs in pass blocking and in coverage. And he just looked phenomenal in uh, blitzing drills. I do. Th- I think David Montgomery was a solid blocker coming out of college. He wasn't, you know, amazing or anything, but he was solid. I'd consider him good for the collegiate level. Yeah. But Iggy just blew him up. He, uh, I'm pretty. Yeah. He, uh, pretty sure it was a swim move that he had against Montgomery that absolutely knocked him down and made him lose his balance, which is saying a lot considering how strong and stocky he is. But. Iggy was a guy I was looking forward to seeing just because I've seen those, you know, pictures over the offseason of how ripped he, he looks. And his performance that I saw lived up to the hype. And he's a guy I'm going to look forward to in the preseason. But as far as, like, the scheme goes, I do think it, there was a bit more aggression. Uh, it still has that same, you know, tough, hard-nosed mentality that the defense had under Fangio. Uh, I think I did see Khalil Mack drop back in coverage once. I know that's a criticism that some Bears fans had for Vic Fangio last year. I didn't see a whole lot of that. I only saw that once. 
So, you know, make of that what you will. But I do think that this defense is going to see very little, if any, drop-off with uh, Chuck Pagano at the helm. It looked very crisp and very sound, and I have high expectations for the unit this year. Yeah, you hear a lot of fans complain that Max dropped in coverage, but you know what? At the end of the day, he's a great athlete. You gotta, you gotta let him do it sometimes. If if you have Mac on the edge lined up to rush, and 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 the the the, the tackles waiting to block him, and then Mac kind of gives a jab step and drops off in the zone, you know that may open up a rushing lane for a, for a guy blitzing you know next to him. So or, or it may it may, it may give a boost to the to the end on, on the end there the the Hicks or whoever it may be there. So. Doing different things with your guys, whether it's Mac or Floyd, I, I don't want to see Mac in coverage all the time, obviously. But every now and again, it's good to drop him into that zone. You, you may you may catch the the quarterbacks, you know, not thinking he's dropping, and he may throw it right to him. Yeah, I agree with that. Obviously, pass rushing is Mac's forte, and I'd like to see him doing that a lot. But at the same time, you have to have him dropping back a little bit just to keep the offense guessing. Like you yep. said, maybe you know the quarterback is a bit thrown off by that and it opens up you know opportunities for other teammates whether it be you know stunning defensive ends or blitzing you know off-ball linebackers or something like that but I think it's a necessity to have them to some degree but I do like I'm optimistic in Pagano's ability to blend that necessity with also realizing hey pass rushing is what he does best let's have him do that often Yes. Uh, so, so how much action did uh, HaHa Clinton-Dix get today at safety? I know he's only been back now, um, I think, two days of practice. I think they eased him in kind of slowly the other day, but was he back there quite a bit? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I didn't notice him at full force, obviously, but he was in there for a handful of snaps. Uh, he was one of Trubisky's two interceptions today. The other one was uh, Trevathan, I believe, off of a deflection yeah. from Amukamara. But... Yeah, HaHa had one interception today. I would credit more of that to a bad throw from Trubisky. It was a poor lob that didn't really have any direction to it, and HaHa was just able to get under it and pick it off. But he did have a solid day. Uh, he wasn't terrible by any means, and he held his own when he was out there. So I think that they're going to try and involve him a bit more as you know there are more training camps and more you know individual team practices. But I did see some promise, and I think he had a solid day. Did you get a chance to look at the Nickelbacks much today, veteran uh, Buster Screen and rookie Duke Shelley? Yeah, uh, I did see Shelley quite a bit. I didn't see, you know, Screen as much. But I do think Shelley was a bit underwhelming for me, just considering how much hype's been around him to the offseason. He wasn't bad today, but he wasn't great. And I guess I was kind of going into the camp expecting, hey, you know, this is the big late-round rookie everyone's talking about. Let's see if he makes some plays. And he didn't really do that for me. Uh, I did, I still think, obviously, that he could take over that nickel spot in the future. But I don't, I don't think he's going to be a week one starter. I think Screen's going to do that. But ultimately, I think you can move the veteran around and have him back up not only the nickel spots but the outside. And hopefully, by the end of the year, you can put Shelly in the nickel but just just based off of the one day that i saw at training camp i wouldn't consider it to be a move the bears will consider very early in the season yeah from what i saw from what i've heard it seems like screen is is going to be the, the day one starter at nickel um but when i was at camp they had screen and shelly both working on the outside as well so i think they like the versatility they both bring 
um, you know, screen is, you know, they both actually have done that in the past with Shelly, of course, doing it in college screen has done it, you know, throughout the, his, his time in the NFL. So uh, I'm kind of okay with both those players. I think the upside's there with Shelly screen will be the day one starter there. Um, but I am a little concerned with the depth at outside corner. And, and yesterday it was John Franklin uh, getting some reps at the corner with the ones. Uh, did you notice any of the other uh, backup cornerbacks uh, standing out today? Uh, yeah, I did get to see a little bit of Kevin Tolliver. And when they were doing you know, one-on-ones with the receivers and defensive backs, I do think that Tolliver had a good day. He had one impressive pass breakup. I don't remember who he was guarding. But, you know, it was just a typical, you know, contested jump ball. And Tolliver did a good job with that, which I found to be encouraging because he's a guy I want to see improvement out of, especially if the Bears choose to cut a Mucamera to save $9 million uh, next offseason. But I think Tolliver had a good day. Uh, couldn't speak too much about John Franklin, although he did take second team reps, which I think bodes well for his uh you know roster status yeah. because he didn't he, he didn't make the team last year but you know they kept him around on the practice squad and he's still with the organization so you know for him to take second team reps as a cornerback probably at this stage means good things it's not it doesn't guarantee his roster spot but it's a at least a good sign for him yeah was there a player today that kind of uh uh, jumped out and surprised you that maybe a guy you weren't expecting to look as good as he did. Uh, I got to think about that one a little. <laughs> bit. I knew I'd get you. <laughs> yeah, that one. yeah you, you caught me. You caught me off guard. Um, on defense, you're saying either way, offense, defense, just just someone you saw like, man, I wasn't expecting that guy to look this good. Uh, I would turn it to offense. I mentioned uh, I mentioned Ian Bunting earlier. He yeah. was another guy I didn't know much about. Uh, I hadn't watched him as a draft prospect this year. I don't believe. I have to double check on that. But I, well, even if I did, he wasn't you know on my radar that much. But he had a good day, especially considering you know all the undrafted free agents the Bears brought in at tight end, and you know with Sowell transitioning to a tight end, there's a lot of talent there that could fight for a couple backup spots. But I think Bunting had a good day. You know, he's got that seven, uh, six, seven, two hundred fifty pound frame I mentioned earlier, yeah. and he was able to really, you know, extend himself and high point the ball. And you know, he showed off good ball skills, which I found to be really encouraging. He could potentially, depending on what they do with Raymond, who I think is more of a favorite to make the roster, I think they could put Bunting on the practice squad because I think the, like from what I noticed, the physical tools are there for him to develop. Yeah, it seems like Dax Raymond was a more highly touted undrafted free agent. I know he had a few other offers that he chose to come to Chicago. Um, but early in camp, you know, Dax Raymond didn't do a lot. I know the last couple of days he's kind of picked it up a little bit, so that's good news for him. But you mentioned there's a lot of uh, talent in the undrafted free agent tight ends. they got four in camp. You know, uh, one could make the roster, but you'll at least see one or two on the practice squad. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's pretty much a given that you'll see – at least one tight end on the practice squad just because of how many young guys they brought and they realized, hey, you know, Shaheen isn't necessarily living up to our expectations so far. So let's try and push him a little bit. And also, if he doesn't work out, bring in a couple guys who can eventually possibly replace him. And, and they did a good job of that this offseason. I think they've got a good blend of young guys, uh, 
more of a veteran in Sowell and a mix of athleticism and receiving types and also blocking tight ends. Yeah, I agree there. So, so let's get a couple of questions off Twitter before I let you go. Uh, uh, Ryan uh, Brenzel asked, how is the battle between Hicks and Long in the trenches looking this camp so far? So you mentioned, I think, on Twitter they didn't play much today, but so let's kind of go general thoughts on the, on the trenches. How, how'd they look, offensive line, defensive line? The defensive line looked very good. I will say that. Uh, granted, a lot of the time I saw him there going up against, you know, backups and second team guys on the offensive line. But I think the defensive line, the starters and the backups look very sound. Uh, run defense, they were able to plug up holes very well, which doesn't necessarily surprise me considering how deep they are on the defensive line. Yeah. But it's, you know, encouraging to see them, you know, showing up so well in training camp because they've got a lot of guys who are, you know, very talented at a lot of different things. And I believe that, you know, they've got a lot of guys who can start for a variety of teams. Like Roy Robertson Harris had a good day. He made a couple of tackles at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, also got, like, Bilal Nichols, who I believe was solid. Uh, Hicks didn't necessarily do a lot, and I don't believe Goldman really did either. They kind of, you know, rested those guys. They're more proven, solidified starters, and the same goes for Long on the offensive line. I didn't really see him taking a lot of snaps. Uh, although they did have James Daniels in at center, then Cody Whitehair at guard, which is something, a position change that hasn't necessarily been monitored too much. But from what I noticed, both of them look pretty natural in their positions. Yeah. Uh, you know, Whitehair has taken snaps at guard before, and he's played at guard. And James Daniels, you know, center is his natural position. So moving him there, I think, is a good move. Uh, Whitehair did have a good year as a center, but also at the same time, I think James Daniels has a lot of potential. So I'm really interested in seeing how that switch pays off. Yeah, I'm excited to see this line. Uh if, if obviously Kyle Long's got to stay healthy, but you know if they're healthy, you know one through five, I think it's uh, one of the better lines in the league. Yeah, I agree. I think that there, I don't really think there's much of a weak spot on that offensive line. You know, you've got the two Pro Bowlers and Leno and uh, and Whitehair, and then Kyle Long, uh, also a former Pro Bowler, not necessarily as good as he used to be, but when he's on the field, he's proven to be solid and. Bobby Massey had arguably the best year of his career last year. Yeah, got him paid. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think there are any elite offensive linemen on the Bears team right now, but I also don't think there are any bad starting offensive linemen either. Yeah. So, And that's what makes them, like you said, one of the better units in the league is how complete they are, how well-rounded they are. And I think that that's going to be very helpful for their offense going forward for sure. Uh, so Corey Bowler has a quarterback question. Uh, he wants to know uh, from your camp experience thus far, what have you seen as far as Mitch on uh, decision making uh, and versus execution? And, and I'm assuming he's talking about where he was a year ago to where we're seeing him this year. So you were at camp last year and this year. Do you see a, diff- a different quarterback this season? Uh, I, I don't know if I'd call it a different quarterback entirely. I have seen some improvements, but I believe that some of the uh, issues that plagued him earlier still kind of plague him today uh i think the decision making is better he did look sharper in making his decisions especially on rpos they went very well and allowed for a lot of you know impressive gains but 
I ultimately I think that accuracy is the issue for him right now, which is kind of ironic because when he was coming out of college, his accuracy was something I really liked on him. Yeah. But, you know, the ball placement just has to get better. On the deep balls, it's very inconsistent. Sometimes he'll hit his target right on the money, but other times he underthrows or he overthrows, and that's something that he's got to, you know, work with his receivers a bit extra, build some of that chemistry. Uh, and also, like, on more medium routes, you know, across the middle of the field, he did have a couple bad throws. But ultimately, I, I wouldn't call him a different quarterback yet. I know a lot of people are expecting him to make that third-year leap, and I'm not going to go out here and say, oh, he's not going to improve in his third year, you know, because I was only down there for one day of practice. But I didn't see massive improvements when I was down there. I saw flashes, but that's pretty much what we've been seeing throughout much of his career so far. Yeah. You know, I think it's hard to see an actual tangible uh, difference from in, in camp, you know, but, you know, going by what the coaches are talking about and, and his teammates are talking about and, you know, they are all in a, in a great place with Trubisky. You know, they have nothing but, but positive with what they're saying about him. You know, I've, you know, the coaches are, are touching on some of the, the deep ball stuff in, in, in their press conferences. But but overall, you know, the, the team's happy with his development, and I think we're going to see a nice year out of Trubisky this season. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. I think that a good season is possible, and I, I'm hoping as a Bears fan that this is the year that he finally shuts up the critics yeah. and proves to be a capable quarterback. Yeah, it'll be good because people are still harping on the uh, – the draft positioning and and the can't throw left and some narratives never will die yeah exactly like he can throw left like there's you know proven statistics that shows that he can but <laughs> that narrative's never going to go away and as long as Trubisky doesn't knock it out of the park all right I think it's going to last for a while all right so the last question we got off Twitter is from Theo James and it's a big one are the Bears going to win the Super Bowl you know I Honestly, don't know. I think it's going to be very tough because I see a lot of talented teams in the NFC. I think the Saints, in my opinion, are the current front runners in the conference. I can see the Rams taking a slight step back, but I also think that they still have a lot of talent on their roster and they can still be considered Super Bowl contenders. Uh, and then there are other teams like the Cowboys who have a lot of talent. You know, Vikings coming off of a down year, but they still have a lot of you know, talented guys on their roster. And then the Packers even made a lot of improvements, but there's still the question mark about how is Rodgers and, you know, going to adapt to the new system with Matt LaFleur. Overall, I think the Bears are ta- more talented than a majority of the teams, not only the NFC, but in the NFL. Yeah. But I'm hesitant to say they're going to win the Super Bowl until I see more improvement out of Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. I think that's where it lies at this point. They've got the talent on defense. They've got more weapons on offense, you know, that are better fits for the system, more versatile. And I think that this, more than any other year, is going to be the year they're most likely to win the Super Bowl. This and 2020, before all of the, uh, you know, the big contract extensions come into play. So I think these two years are their best opportunities to win the Super Bowl. And now I think, personally, it just lays on Trubisky's shoulders. If he's going to improve, if he can become an above-average quarterback at least, then I see no reason why the Bears can't win the Super Bowl at some point soon. There you go. You know, I think you hit it good. Is is They're in the window now. 
But if Trubisky becomes the guy that the Bears thinks he will be, then they're going to be a contender, a legit playoff contender for the duration of Trubisky's career. If he is, if he's the guy they think he is. Yeah, exactly. And they've got a lot of talented guys locked up in the long term. You know, you've got Khalil Mack going forward. You know, and uh, hopefully, potentially Cody Whitehair, uh, Akeem Hicks. You'll have Roquan Smith on his rookie deal for a while. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of guys that can potentially step into big roles or guys that are already in big roles that they're going to have on cheap deals or they're going to have them for a long time. So I agree that the pieces are in place for the Bears to be a contender for much of Trubisky's career with the team, but it all depends on if he's going to take that next step. Awesome. You know, this is awesome stuff, Jacob, but I think uh, that's a wrap. So why don't you let everyone know uh, where they can find you and all your work online. All righty. So my Twitter handle is at Jacob Infante 24. That's where you can find my opinions on bears, uh, NFL draft and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, Obviously, I am a writer uh, covering the Chicago Bears for SB Nation's Windy City Gridiron. I also do some NFL draft work for USA Today's Draft Wire. Uh, and yeah, those are the places where you can find me and you know follow up and see what my thoughts are on just about anything football-related, basically. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, make sure you guys all follow him on Twitter at JacobInfante24. Um, you definitely don't want to miss none of his stuff. Like like you said, he he's, he not only covers the Bears for us, uh, but he does this NFL draft stuff too. So it's definitely a must follow. And and thanks again, everyone. Listen to the T Formation Conversation on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast Channel. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Make sure you rate the show. Leave us some praise on there because that's really important these days. And also check out all my stuff at WCG and the entire Windy City Gridiron crew on Twitter is at WC Gridiron. And you can, of course, follow me on Twitter as well at WiltFongJR. So until next time, bear down, my friends.